Welcome to The Right Side with Ned Ryan, Episode 4. In light of what happened on this Sunday, November 5th, in a peaceful church service in Sutherland Springs, Texas, that was interrupted by a mentally disturbed man who opened fire on the churchgoers in their pews and murdered several dozen, over two dozen of them, including little children, I thought it was a good time to talk about guns and gun control. We all know some of the story, if we've been watching the news, how uh, a gentleman came out, engaged the shooter in gunfire, was able to hit him as he and another person chased the gunman down, and how that ultimately ended with the gunman crashing and then killing himself. I don't want to glorify the murderer by speaking his name, but based off the reports that we are getting, we know that he was convicted for domestic violence and was discharged from the Air Force for bad behavior, though it's important to note he was not dishonorably discharged. But let's focus on the fact that because of his conviction for domestic violence, it was illegal for him to own a gun arm, a firearm. And any NICS background check at a licensed dealer should have been denied. Now we've discovered that the Air Force failed to follow procedures in alerting federal law enforcement of the domestic violence charges. If that had happened, the shooter would have been unable to purchase firearms and, for that matter, body armor. Now, we're only weeks away from the horrible tragedy of Las Vegas. And now we've been struck by yet another senseless tragedy. Passions are, of course, in full swing, as many on the left claim gun owners and the NRA have blood on their hands for refusing to pass any form of gun control. So I want to take a measured look at what we can do to secure our Second Amendment rights while also working to reduce crime in America. Now, to be clear, we don't know the full details of what happened in that small Texas church outside of San Antonio. And it would be in many ways irresponsible to make sweeping statements about policy before knowing the full facts. We've seen that on display, however, with this tragedy, gun control advocates initially claimed that this was yet another example, that the good guy with a gun theory didn't work out in this case. But their preemptive soapboxing collapsed in on itself in the hours later as we learned about the heroics from two very normal Texans. As the investigation develops, the facts will become even clearer, and we might see that initial reports will be revised in the future. With all of that in mind, let's talk about what the left and so many of their allies in Hollywood and the media urged Congress to do. The so-called common-sense gun control proposals from the left wouldn't have prevented what happened in Las Vegas, much less affected crime across this country. One of the first proposals brought up as common sense is mandating universal background checks for gun buyers. As if imposing universal background checks for anyone buying a gun is somehow new or innovative. The vast majority of gun owners already go through background checks before purchasing firearms. As a gun owner, I've been through multiple background checks. In fact, there were over 27.5 million of them in 2016 alone. And here we run into a problem of what actually happened in Vegas. The Vegas shooter didn't have a criminal record, 
so he wouldn't have been dinged by any sort of background check. All of his firearms were obtained legally. In fact, most of the mass shooters who have terrorized Americans in recent years didn't have any criminal records. Most could have passed background checks and did. Some were radicalized and known to the FBI, but the fact remains that most of the recent mass shooters in this country have mental issues rather than criminal backgrounds. Mental issues, unlike a criminal database, are an extremely difficult thing to define, predict, or control. So what's next on the common sense suggestion list of the left? Suppressors, or as they are more commonly known, silencers. Hillary Clinton's tweets that said the crowd fled at the sound of gunshots imagined the deaths that the shooter had a silencer which the NRA wants to make easier to get shows a lack of understanding by Ms. Clinton on what a silencer on a gun actually accomplishes. Silencers are only silent in movies where they reduce gunfire to a soft noise. In real life, Suppressors simply muffle the noise of a gun, bringing it below the level of causing immediate and permanent hearing damage. It's a tool to protect the shooters from going deaf, not to turn them into silent assassins. The noise is still obviously gunfire, just quieter. Currently, suppressors are regulated under some of the most stringent gun regulations in the country. Each suppressor requires a $200 application to the ATF, fingerprinting, registration, and an approval process that takes months and in some cases over a year. Further restricting suppressors is not a common sense solution. It's a step towards regulation and gun control. As are the calls to ban bump fire stocks. The liberal media coverage of the Vegas shooting only generated confusion about what bump fire stocks are. First, bump fire stocks do not turn a weapon into a machine gun. Machine guns are defined as firearms which fire more than one cartridge with a single pull of the trigger. As long as you pull the trigger once for every round that leaves your gun, you're 100% legal. The issue here is how to do that as quickly as possible and simulate fully automatic fire. Now, it's worth noting that an AR-15 equipped with a bump stock is not very accurate. If the Las Vegas murderer hadn't been repeatedly firing into a crowd of thousands and thousands, if he'd had to actually aim at individual targets with a bump fire equipped AR-15 over the distance of hundreds and hundreds of yards, he might not have been able to hit anyone. Bottom line, machine guns are less accurate than single-shot semi-automatic rifles in most situations. AR-15s equipped with a bump fire stock, even less so. Ultimately, in this whole debate over gun control, liberals are beating around the bush yet again. Their ultimate solution is a final solution, complete and total civilian disarmament. How can you tell? Their first impulse is always to suggest the Australian-style gun control, which, don't let anybody fool you, is confiscation. When lawmakers point to Australian gun policy as the answer, they are effectively stating that confiscation is the ideal that we as Americans should work towards. Calling it a buyback program doesn't make it any better. Make no mistake, Australia's gun buyback program was mandatory confiscation. 
Now, think about where we are in the United States. There are more than 330 million guns and more than 1 trillion rounds of ammunition in the hands of civilians. They're not going to give them up anytime soon, and you'd be hard-pressed to convince the military and police to go door-to-door and confiscate weapons from their neighbors and friends. It's just not going to happen. Furthermore, the success of the Australian program is debatable, not to mention that the numbers often quoted to show how well the Australian program worked are highly misleading. The United States saw similar drops in gun crimes and homicides during the same time frame that is quoted to show how well the Australian program worked. The only difference being that there was a big spike in the United States gun ownership during the same time frame. It points to a different cause for gun-related crimes and deaths. We have to look at the real causes of crime in America, notably drugs and gang violence and the unaddressed mental health crisis that stems in many ways from the end of institutionalization. So you're not going to lower the murder rate by criminalizing law-abiding citizens who want to protect themselves and their families. In fact, you'll end up turning them into criminals instead. Working to reduce crime in America is not going to happen unless we continue to fight to protect our Second Amendment rights, just as our founders intended. Because let's be clear, the founders intended that every law-abiding citizen, myself included, should be able to have and enjoy their Second Amendment rights to their fullest. Because let's also be clear on another front. The founders weren't talking about having guns for hunting. I hear some of the left talking about how it would be okay to have bolt-action hunting rifles. That's not the point of the Second Amendment. It's about a civilian population having guns to defend themselves. The right of self-defense, not only against home invasion but also against oppressive government. And if you think about the founders and what they wrote in the Second Amendment, they were well within and following the tradition of Aristotle and Cicero and John Locke, the right of self-defense in all situations, whether against home invasion or burglary or against oppressive government. If you look at the text of the Second Amendment, it talks about the security of a free state. Yes, I believe the founders intended that a populace should be armed as a last resort in case their government became oppressive. It's as simple as that. So folks, I hope you enjoyed your dose of conservative rationalism in an increasingly irrational world.